On today's edition of the Prep Rally Podcast, we're going to talk about toughness. Toughness is Lexi Franklin of the Boonville Lady Bearcats. We'll talk about her feats and more on today's Prep Rally Podcast. It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. All right, all right. This is the end of the school year, end of the sports season prep rally podcast. This will be the final podcast of this school year, and we have a lot to talk about. I'm Chip Souza, joined by Graham Thomas and Paul Boyd and Leland Barclay, and we're going to recap state championships that were played last week down in central Arkansas in Conway. Now, Leland, you had a front row seat for a couple of really good softball games. But more importantly, you had a front row seat to see one of the toughest, I think toughest kids I've ever heard of prior to Saturday's 3A state softball championship game. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, at UCA's softball facility, there's no batting cages. So Boonville stopped at a park close to UCA just to take batting practice before they went to the park. And, uh, um, Coach Chad Simpson said, you know, they were out there practicing and uh, taking some batting practice and warming up and things. And he looks over and Lexi Franklin is bleeding. Mm. And she had been hit in the head by a teammate swinging a bat right above the right eye. Oh. And so she went to the emergency room. And about 20 minutes before the game, she shows up, goes out to the bullpen and starts warming up with her catcher, Ronnie Tillery goes out and uh, pitches the Lady Bearcats to the Class 3A state championship. If that is not toughness, boys, I do not know what toughness is. She had six stitches over her right eye, uh, numbed it up good, stitched it up, bandaged it up, Come in, came in, uh, put on her mask, which was set right on top of that uh, stitched-up eyebrow, and uh, and went out, and uh, not only Leland did she pitch her team to a state championship, she also had a, a, a big hit for the Lady Bearcats in that game. Yeah, in the top of the second inning, she led off the inning with a double uh, off the wall in the left center, ended up scoring and uh, um, on a ground ball. Um, she, she advanced to third on an air, scored on a grounder by Ronnie Tillery, Boonville ended up scoring two runs in the inning to take a two to nothing lead. She came up to bat in the third inning, got a three one count. They just decided to go ahead and not even pitch the fourth. Put her on. Put her on. And put her on. And then she came up in the fourth inning again and the sixth inning again, and they didn't even pitch to her. Put her on both put her times. On. Put her on. Send so her. A semi intentional walk and then two intentional walks without even throwing a pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, did she get a double there in the late in the game or something, or no? No, she I'm had the double to start off the second inning. Second that, inning, uh, okay. okay. That uh, started Boonville on a 2 to nothing lead. Then she was walked intentionally in the in the fourth inning. Um, it was already 3-2. to two. It was a tie game, and she came up with uh, sec- runners on second and third, and they put her on after a 3-1 count which loaded the bases, and then Ronnie Tillery walked on a 3-2 count Tie game. to, force, to yeah. force in the go-ahead run oh, and go make ahead. it 4-3. to three. I got you. I got you. All right. Um, so there again, another case of a girl, a softball player, just absolutely, uh, uh, you know, stepping up, 
uh, when they're hurt. Um, we have already talked about Gravit and Brooke Handel, how she did the same thing for her team with a, you know, with a broken jaw and finished the game out with a broken jaw, then had her jaw wired shut and pitched uh, pretty much a little over half of the season. Um, well, probably half because she did miss two games. Uh, with her jaw wired shut and uh, also, just like Lexi Franklin, was the MVP of the Class 4A state championship game in which Gravit got a 5-1 to one win against P. Ridge in that one. She came in after Sidney Kildow had pitched three innings to start the game. They brought in Brooke, which is what uh, Samantha Luther, the coach at Gravit, had been doing throughout pretty much the whole postseason, starting Kildow, bringing in uh, Brooke Handel to, uh, to close out games. She came in, pitched four scoreless, hitless innings for Gravit, and they won the school's first-ever state softball championship. Congratulations to them. They beat Pea Ridge four times this season, which is a very, very hard thing to do. Uh, so a very muchly deserved uh, state championship for the Gravit Lady Lions, and uh, what a great uh, season they had, and just a tremendous, tremendous storyline there with, with Brooke Handel and overcoming what she did uh, to lead her team to the 4A state championship. Uh, Leland won the best games, I guess, of the state tournament on the softball side, did not go in the favor of our team, Mansfield. But what a tremendous, tremendous softball game you got to see on Friday. Riverside won, Mansfield zero. Leland, if I remember this correctly, the pitchers combined for 35 strikeouts in that game. It was 34-18 by Riverside pitcher Claire Womack, 16 by wow. Mansfield pitcher Allison Edwards. Wow. And through three innings, they each had nine strikeouts through three wow. innings. So nice. it was uh, it was absolutely a classic pitcher's duel, and uh, Riverside was able to scratch across the run in the top of the sixth. And you know, in a pitcher's in a pitcher's duel, you know, a lot of times maybe there'll be a run scored early, and that kind of changes the game. But gosh, you know, in a pitcher's duel, when the when the when a run is scored in the sixth inning, I mean that's just so deflating to yeah. the other team, and it, and it was obvious to the Lady Tigers. And I uh, think, but in the top of the yeah. top of the sixth, uh, they had a one out hit, um, sacrificed. Actually, it was a base hit, and then a sacrifice, and then a soft liner to left uh, by Mackenzie Thomas, and that was the uh, the difference that's in the, the game. Run, I right. think. Uh, Leland, if I remember right, I think Mansfield had two hits and Riverside had three. I think that's right. Uh, yes, two hits and uh, one run on three hits for Riverside. Wow. Five hits in the game, 34 strikeouts. Wow. Leland, I'd be curious just to know, what was the time on that game? How long did that take? Because usually that an hour maybe to, to play that? I can tell you it was, that was fast. That <laughs> one was an hour and uh, 37 minutes. Yeah, an hour and a half. A little more drama. Yeah, yeah, and and there there were a few base runners, uh, especially early. Riverside had a couple on early, uh, and then three, six, nine, twelve. Then uh, Allison Edwards retired, I guess, fifteen in a row. Wow, for Mans, that's a Mansfield pitcher. Uh, I was telling Leland, uh, I I drove down Friday to cover the Springdale and uh, and Conway soccer uh, match and uh, got behind a wreck on I-49, which delayed me for about, I guess, almost 45 minutes. Uh, but anyway, by the time I got down to soccer, got down to Conway for soccer, that soccer match was almost at halftime. 
And uh, But softball, I heard, was in a delay because of rain. Right. And I said, well, cool, because softball wasn't supposed to start until 1 o'clock anyway, so I already had an hour difference in, in the game times. So I said, well, that's great. I'll get to get over and see some of that softball, that Mansfield-Riverside softball, uh, you know, when my after my soccer match ends and, and, and everything. And so anyway, I got my story done everything and get in the car and check my game changer. They were already in the sixth inning yeah. in the softball about, game. About done. Yeah. And I'm like, well, God, I'm not going to get to see any of this thing, you know. Uh, but I got over there just in time to see about the last inning of it, and that was it. Um, you know, I know Mansfield girls were disappointed, but, you know, you tip your cap, you know, to, to uh, the pitcher for Riverside, and uh, you tip your cap and just say, you know what, it took a supreme effort for, for her to beat us today, and we have nothing to be ashamed of because our pitcher was just as impressive they just happened to scratch out a run that we didn't get, and both teams uh, played, I mean, absolutely flawless softball in that game. It was, uh, like I said, the base hit with two outs in the top of the sixth on a full count, and it was uh, it was a it was a soft liner to left field, wow. so it wasn't like a uh, you know line drive, but it was just one of those made contacts, made contact with two outs and uh, drove the run home after a sacrifice bun had moved her up. Yeah. If that if that run had not happened, they could have gone for a while. They might still be playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, in the in the Gravit P. Ridge game, what was the big difference in that one, Paul, was the lower half uh, of the Gravit order combined for five hits and five RBIs nice. and a home run in that game. Wow. Uh, they delivered big time for Gravit and came through big time. But as uh, uh, Samantha Luther will tell you and, and also the Pete Ridge coach said – Gravit doesn't have a lower half the order. It just has a batting order, okay? <laughs> it's just a batting order, one through nine batting order. It's not lower half, upper half, middle half. It's a batting order, and all of them can swing it, all and they proved it. it. They yeah. proved it. Uh, so big, big, big win there for Gravit, and congr- congratulations uh, to uh, Samantha Luther for that one. Now let's kick it over to baseball, where on Thursday, uh, early in the afternoon on Thursday, Springdale Harbor took on Bentonville in the Class 6A state championship baseball game. It was Springdale Harbor uh, in that one, 5-1. Uh, I believe that was the final, 5-1. to one. Uh, So a big, big, big win, a championship win for Dustin Helmkamp and the Harbor Wildcats. Um, you know, they, they were a team that, that battled all year long. They hung right in there, you know, got that number two seed in the conference, which gave them a first-round bye, which is always a benefit. Sure. Um, Ross Felder uh, pitched well in the two games he pitched for Harbor. He's a uh, an Arkansas uh, verbal commit, and uh, just a big, big win, uh, big win for Harbor. Anybody? Oh well, I mean, yeah. you know, you kind of figured that they were going to throw Felder, and he was going to have a big day. Yeah. It's kind of what all the signs were pointing to that going in. Um, you know, congrats to them, and you know. Bentonville, kind of a surprise team. I think we all thought it might be Rodgers. They got their big win over Rodgers in the semifinals yep. to get there. You know, the didn't work out for them in the in the championship game, but you know that, that's why that's why this time of year is fun. It because is because you end up with some matchups. Is a lot of times you end up with a state champion that nobody saw coming. Yeah, yeah. and you know, in this case, uh, you know the the. The team that everybody thought would win in that matchup did win. I talked to Dustin Helmkamp today, and this will be part of the podcast that I do at after the uh, conclusion of the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club luncheons. Uh, interviewed both he he and uh, and Coach Luther today, but uh, Dustin said that 
their season kind of turned a little bit when they lost a game to Fayetteville. They had played a, a Monday night game and had beaten Fayetteville um, in conference play, and then the, they came back the next night, and Fayetteville beat them. And uh, I think there might have been, you know, this is boys. They were a little chirping going on and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, Harbor boys couldn't say anything about it. They had lost, you know, and, and Fayetteville took it to them. And when they take it to you, you know. got to keep your mouth you shut keep and go your on. mouth shut and take it. You can, do, you can either do two things. You can get you can get mad about it and let it, let it dog you for the rest of the year, or you can use it to your benefit. Well, Harbor used it to its benefit. Harbor didn't lose another game the rest of the year. Um, he's also telling me about uh, after uh, a game after that game was played, uh, they played an out-of-state team and one of those you know non-conference you know later in the week games that right. they play, and uh, the team that they were playing had a pitcher um, who had verbally committed to go play somewhere maybe Mizzou or, or something like that. Anyway, um, Harbor didn't throw its bet; they didn't throw a fielder that game because he you know he's a conference you know right. pitcher. So uh, the other team was was. Uh, kind of chirping about the harbor pitcher a little bit and telling him it was going to be a long day because, you know, he wasn't their number one guy and whatever. And they kind of, you know, were able to feed off that and use that as motivation and beat that team. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it was uh, – it's little things like that that kind of fuel your fire. Um, and players either either get t- – you know, fire fire toughens you. You know, it sure. can't toughen you or it can burn you down. And uh, they chose to go the toughen route, and uh, Harbor used that to their benefit and uh, rallied the troops. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. And they have a big, ginormous wooden trophy now in their trophy case uh, as a state champion. I believe Dustin. Well, I think. Uh, I was. And I think put- the key for Harbor too was they had that one ace that they could, you know, hitch their wagon to. Yeah. They did, and 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 Felder was definitely that guy. And he's back next year. He's just a junior. He is back. You know, yep. and they, uh, I think Harbor, I saw yesterday, was ranked 19th, I think, maybe 21st, right around the top 20 in the collegiate baseball high school ranking. There you go. Uh, which I hold that one in the highest regard of any high school ranking there is, is right. collegiate baseball. Right. Lou, Lou Pavlovich is the editor of that paper, and, and I've got to talk to him a few times in Omaha. He's always there, and, you know, it's just it, – he does a great job, and I think that publication is the best one for especially high school rankings. They do a great job. Uh, they also do a great job with their college uh, coverage. And uh, yes. um, so congratulations again to Harbor. Now moving over to soccer, we had several uh, teams uh, compete uh, for state championships in soccer. Uh, the Harrison girls, uh, they won their championship game. They beat, uh, I believe it was Pulaski Academy, if I'm looking here, yeah. one one nil. Graham, 1-0. See, i got a little soccer vernacular in me. 1-0 uh, for Harrison. I believe state championship number eight for Chris Pratt. That's Is that what, correct? That's, 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 that's what I saw. Yeah. So, uh, Claire Barger was big in that game. No surprise no, uh, for Harrison. She's, she's Whatever sport she plays, she's big in it. Um, and so, big, big win for Harrison and Coach Chris Pratt. Congratulations to them on winning the girls' class 5A soccer state championship. Also, state championship – Bentonville girls, they got a 3-0, I'm sorry, 3-0. 3-0. 3-0 is fine. It's <laughs> all right. Yeah, 3-zip. Uh, 3-zip. And win. you can continue to use correct subject verb agreement when it's like, you know, Bentonville has one. It's yeah. a, Bentonville have one, like yeah. they like to say over there. There you go. 
Uh, so Bentonville three zip uh, against Fayetteville for the girls six A. Um, it is their eighth overall state championship in girls soccer. The surprising thing to me was they had not won a championship since twenty seventeen. Been a while. Yeah, been six or you yeah. know five six six seasons whatever, which is a like they, an eternity they, for them. It was crazy because you know they stacked you know those that seven what was it seven state titles from two thousand six to yeah whatever uh, you know seven and eleven years or whatever and didn't win one. It'd been a little dry spell. For yeah, them. yeah. Um, so uh, congratulations to them. And then in a battle of local teams in our coverage area in three A boys, um, it was Green Forest with a big four to one win against Haas Hall Bentonville. Paul, you had written a little advance on that one on Haas Hall Bentonville and uh great great seasons for both of those teams outstanding outstanding both uh, both of them had had great years yeah so uh congratulations to green forest and getting that win and uh capping off a big uh, a big a big win nice there season. and i don't i don't think any state representatives had to file any kind of grievances on that one because Haas Hall was a it's a charter school not a private school so right. but it didn't matter cuz green forest won anyway so there you go. Uh, so that wraps up the spring sports season um, for all of all of our schools. And well, now you, you mentioned the boys' soccer. I know you were there and you talked about it earlier. But yeah, and that one, uh, I, I did cover the Springdale right. boys. They lost a, in a, a tough tough match there to Conway, which won its second straight state championship, three to one. It was a, it was a great match there. Um, there was a, it got a little chippy. There were some yellow cards uh, issued or whatever in that one. Uh, but a great win for Conway. Kind of avenged a loss that they had had to Springdale in two, in twenty twenty one, in which Springdale won the championship by beating by beating Conway. So so big win what, there. What did you think about watching soccer on that turf over there? I've only done that a couple times in the All Star game, but I was always on field level because I was shooting some photos. So I thought it was pretty horrendous. Yeah. I thought it was pretty horrendous uh, facility <laughs> to play a soccer match in. The sidelines uh, were not even visible. They were on the other side of what would have been the football benches uh, there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was not a big fan of, of uh, any of the venues uh, there. Uh, in softball, I had to sit underneath the press box, um, out, you know, kind of underneath it. No, no access to my laptop, no electricity, no, nothing like mm-hmm. that. So all I was able to do was follow Game Changer on my phone and write down notes on a notepad. Notes. Uh, no room, no, no space in the press box at all uh, for me to watch the game. So um, if I were going to rate the venues there at UCA, I would not rate them very highly as far as hosting anything like this again. So what you're saying, let's get it back to – let's bring it back up here for a little bit. Well, let's get it either here or let's get it a, a place that is, is uh, capable – of handling what Where you, you know, can what, host. yeah, what yeah. we're doing there, um, and so uh, just like Leland mentioned, Boonville had to stop at batting cages at some youth sports yeah, park on crazy. their way uh, into uh, into play a state championship game, and that's that's ne- that's not a good thing. No. Uh, so, uh, but you know these these kids will walk off the the pitch and the and the and the fields or whatever with you know with championship trophies like you know like they should be, um, and nobody nobody cares if I had to sit under a press box. Nobody cares. Uh, so, you know, and I'm not whining and complaining about it. All I am saying is maybe take those things into consideration the next time you award, you know, those championship-level events like that because uh, um, it, it does kind of matter a little bit, to, you know, having a, a work environment, you know, there for, for people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're not just there as spectators. We're there to work just we like We are a, working, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that, you know, again, what a great school year this was. You know, we started, you know, last – August with you know it was football season starting and and uh, had some great seasons there for for teams uh, Bentonville 
advancing to the six, you know, 7A, you know, going 6A, 7A, 7A state championship football game there against the juggernaut that is uh, Bryant. Um, and uh, Shiloh Christian also playing for a state championship in their first season in 5A. Had a terrific, uh, uh, you know, cross country, golf, tennis. Springdale Harbor girls won repeated as golf champions with a first year coach. Um, and, uh, you know, tennis was great, uh, cross country great. Henry Apple went down to Hot Springs and covered that cross country with, uh, I believe it's a girl from Bentonville that was just an absolute terror on the, on the cross country track there. Uh, basketball was f- phenomenal. Um, and uh, the, the uh, Farmington girls won loss all year long and winning the 4A state championship. Uh, Springdale boys advancing to the 6A state championship with uh, a team basically loaded with sophomores, and that took us right into the spring. So lots and lots and lots of great high school sports in this 2022-23 school year. Man, it goes by quick. I mean, it just, you know, it just felt like we were getting ready for football season. Yeah. You snap your fingers and – here we are, getting about to get ready for it again. Exactly. Um, so we do. Uh, we have some, uh, a few little uh, vacancies, and, and some and some vacancies in the coaching ranks, and, and that kind of thing that that'll be filled if they haven't already been filled um, in the coming days uh, to get ready uh, for summer seven on sevens and team camps and, and all that kind of stuff that's coming up. Uh, Talked to Jeff Conaway at the Shallow Christian. I believe it was uh, Monday or yesterday. I can't remember which day it was. Uh, the Southwest Elite 707, which is the big 707 tournament up here in Northwest Arkansas, will be a one-day only event on July the 13th. And like Graham said, it might be a little warm that day. Be toasty. Yeah. That I mean, I'm sweating already just thinking about it. Yep. It usually is. Usually is a little bit warm that day. But what you do is you grab any of those little ninth graders that are under the, the tents, under the shade there, and you toss them out of the way, and then you, then you take their spot. Yeah, you gotta earn. You gotta earn your shade, buddy. You gotta gotta earn that. And you're and, in the ninth grade. You hadn't earned it. And then you know there well, isn't a whole lot of shade over at uh, Shiloh. Yeah. So last year at the uh, Southwest Elite, I was standing under one of those tents to get out of the sun for a little while, and one of the I think it was one of Fayetteville's receivers came over. You know they've got a big ice bath over there for yeah. people if they get cramps or something to either sit in or whatever. He comes over uh full you know stuff on cleats and everything jumps into that and then jumps out and runs back out on the field and i kind of looked at him and laughed and he said gotta gotta cool my feet off yeah yeah smart kid smart yeah. kid well you because know, on, on the turf there it's just so hot like right on the surface and i never really thought about that concept before but it's not the first time i've ever heard that about how how hot your feet can get yeah, yeah, that turf can get can get pretty odd over yes. there. Uh, so that brings us to the feats of the week. And uh, Leland, I know, I figure, I know what your feat of the week is going to be, but I'm going to let you let you go ahead and he go first. first. Well, of course, junior pitcher Lexi Franklin. Somehow I knew uh, that was going to be your feat. Bandit, bandage die and all, pitched and hit her team to the Class Three A state championship. Her pitching line was seven innings pitched. Gave up six hits, uh, two earned runs, walked two, struck out three, threw 103 pitches, wow. and uh, pitched her team to the Class 3A state championship, the second in Lady Bearcats history in any girls' sport. Wow. Uh, the other one was 2004, also in softball. So wow. She's a junior, and uh, she'll be back next year, and uh, we'll get to see her pitch one more year. 
Now, Leland, we also want to mention that you'll be doing your all River Valley teams. Uh, those will start the first Sunday in June, correct? Do you know what order they're going to be in? I do not remember what order they're in. Uh, I do know that this Sunday we're actually starting the uh, the youth of the year from the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club this Sunday. And then we'll have, uh, you know, baseball, softball, track, which we are doing something a little different in track this year. We're going to have a, for both, both boys and girls, to kind of separate it out a little bit because, you know, track is such a, a wide variety of events. We're going to do sprinter, long distance, and a runner and a jumper. Gotcha. I mean, and a jumper and a thrower. Thrower, okay. You know, because, the you know, the events in, in track and field, I think there's 16 normally out of state uh, or at a uh, track meet. Right. So we're going to have four girls and four boys and, and those things, and it'll, it'll take us into July. And then that's on top of seven-on-seven uh, seven camps, team camps for football, and then even on June the 6th, Northside is hosting a big team basketball camp with Northside, Southside, Bavier and Russellville, Greenwood, uh, Pecola, Oklahoma, okay. which is very good, and a team coming in from Illinois. Oh, okay. All right. Well, now, Leland, is pole vaulting a throw or a jump? Because although I guess you jump, sort of, the, the pole throws you over the bar. So is that a jump or a throw? I think we put that into the jump. Okay. All right. Well, I'm making an argument for the throw because I think the pole throws you over there a little bit too. But that's the All River Valley teams coming up. And, again, that's in the River Valley Democrat Gazette, which comes out on Sundays. Um, and they'll be honoring all of the spring athletes there for the for starting the first week of June. And that will take you through um, – the whole month of June or maybe into, maybe into July, I think, right? It'll be in, into, into July. There you go. You know, there and you then go. we'll wrap all of that up with the overall Athlete of the Year. Athletes of the Year. All right. Uh, the All-Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette spring teams will start off on June the 18th. That will be uh, with girls softball on that date, and it will bookend on the following Sunday with All-NWADG baseball. And in between that, we will have boys and girls soccer and boys and girls track. So we'll be honoring all sorts of athletes from all across the region uh, in the few in the coming weeks for that. That that gets us into the heart or the heat of the summer. You can you know it's almost the same word, just just one letter you know different. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, all right. So that gets me to my feet of the week, and my feet of the week. Um, is the lower half of the of the gravit order, which came, the the upper half was kind of stymied by some great pitching by Emery Boland of Pea Ridge, who she stymies a lot of people, and she was able to kind of keep the upper batters in that batting order at bay. But the lower half of that order uh, came through for them big time. A combined five hits, five RBIs, including a two run home run and gravit's big win. So they are my feet of the week for leading the Lady Lions to the to their first ever state softball championship. Well, if the thunder doesn't get you, then the lightning will. The lightning did, yeah. So, yep. Absolutely. Murderer's Row over there in Gravitz, what yeah. it sounds and like. and a lot of them coming back. A lot nice. of them coming back. Nice. Yep, yep. So, anybody else got one? Graham got yeah, anything? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go one here. and We're going we're gonna to go back to back on, on uh, doubling up with some Harrison girls soccer again. And this time we're just going to focus on Claire Barger Man. with uh, Harrison. Yeah, you know I tell you what I've seen her play in multiple sports, and and she's really really talented. 
But I don't, Chip. I don't know if you saw or Leland, if you saw the goal she scored. I saw a video of it, um, you know, on Twitter, and it was it was one of those shots where it was behind the play, okay. And so you got this wide shot, and the ball, you know, is lofted in from about forty yards out or so, and you see Barger come swooping in from the right side, and so the keeper's coming out, Barger's coming in. And she just has to make, and she gets one touch on it. It's a great touch, and she's able to kind of flick the ball in the goal. It is a, it's about as good of a high school girls soccer play as you'll ever see, and you know, I'm just unbelievable. That was the game winner for the eighth state title for Harrison. Um, you know, well, I know that the team, the other teams, other schools in the five A West are happy that Claire is it Barger or Barger. Barger, I think, is Barger. what it is. I'm, I've butchered it every time I've said it, I, I think. so. I saw her play, um, I guess, twice in basketball the last two years. She was a state and champion I, in basketball, and, too. Yeah, 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 I already knew she was good in volleyball. And then I saw her in basketball, and I knew she was a tremendous athlete. So when I saw that she scored the game's only goal or the match's only goal in soccer and was the MVP, it did not surprise no me surprise. at all. No well, I, I – after I saw the video, I, I called Chris Pratt. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because, yeah. man, it, it was a special goal. Yeah. And he, when you impress him, he's seen a lot of them. But. Well, I, I know the other schools in the 5A West are glad to see her go. Yes. They are glad to see and her he, go. He may or not have uh, cried happy tears, or not happy tears, but, like, you know, the reality is she ain't going to be at Harrison anymore yeah. after that. So <laughs> she's She'll be at John Brown, and she's going to be there on a basketball scholarship, but – you know, if the soccer team is ever in need of a of a player, you know, they don't have to look far for one. Cause yeah. So she's playing basketball at JB. She, she's playing basketball. Okay. She signed with with the basketball How team. How's she just going to play just one sport when she's so used to playing all the sports? That's that's going to be a big adjustment for her. You know, and I I've never heard of them doing a, a package deal like that. Now they do do it for like track and cross country. Like, yeah. You know, you can do both because they're such opposite ends of the season and they're so similar. I don't think they do that though for um, for soccer, basketball, but you know, I mean, maybe she could be the first. There you go. Because she yeah. could, she could definitely compete in both areas. There, if anybody could do it, she could do it. She was a just a tremendous athlete. So that will wrap up this final prep rally podcast of the school year. Uh, we are certainly happy that you have followed us. Uh, if if, it, if just today was your only show you listened to, thank thank you for that. Uh, but hopefully you follow us all year long. And I'll be handing the keys off to Graham, and Graham will be taking on the show from this point moving forward. He will be your he'll be he'll Paul he'll be sitting in the daddy chairs. What there we you say go. sitting there in the daddy chair. Yep, yep. Uh, so for Graham Thomas and Paul Boyd and Leland Barclay, we appreciate you for listening to the Prep Rally Podcast, and we will catch you sometime down the road. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.